0: technology is at war. Well, maybe it isn't quite that bad. Verizon and AT&T have agreed to delay their new 5G network near major U.S. airports. This after concerns that airplanes could be negatively affected. 5G is the next step in wireless internet. It provides service at faster speeds than older systems. But for months, airlines have been warning that it could cause flight delays and cancellations. The instrument that determines a plane's altitude can be thrown off by these signals. This delay is a victory for airlines, but the cell carriers are upset. After all, they counter. These same airlines have known this was coming for years. They had enough time to prepare. Will the wireless providers press on? Will the FAA mandate a two-mile radius around airports? Well, time will tell. Conflict is a part of our fallen world. But one day, Christians will live in the new heavens and the new earth, where there will be complete harmony. Welcome to Haven Today. Here on Thursday, I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus, and we're in a very important series this week. We're calling it The Deep, Deep Love of Jesus. Have you seen the love of Jesus at work in the lives of people around you? Maybe in your church. Maybe you've seen grace at work in your own life. I've seen it, and every time I do, I am astonished. But how does this transformation occur? What really causes it? In a moment, we're going to turn to God's Word to better understand the answer. And I believe it's found in two words, in Christ. The concept of abiding, walking, and being united with Christ is a major theme in the New Testament. So I think it's important that we take some time to think about that today on a series this week about the deep, deep love of Jesus. One of the best ways I know to be united with Christ is to study God's Word, to read it, but do so intentionally. And I want to continue to challenge you to read it for yourself here in 2022. One of the most helpful ways I've ever been able to read all of God's word cover to cover is the Bible in 90 days reading plan. It sounds a little fast. And to be honest, it is very fast. But as you do it, you'll see the beauty of God's plan of redemption for humanity and how all of the scriptures point us to Jesus. After the program, I'd like to send you a copy of a special Bible with the 90-day reading plan built in that shows you where every day you start and every day where you stop. Plus, it has slightly larger print, and it's a thin line Bible that makes it easier to take wherever you go. You just need to call us after the program at 800-654-2836, haven Or visit our website. Sign up for our free weekly email with tips and encouragement for each week's reading. You can also download a free reading plan bookmark so you can start today with the Bible you already use at home. And then make your gift at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And one more thing as we start. My friend Dane Ortland has written a really good book. That has really helped me understand my union with Christ. I think it'll bless you and help you in your walk with Jesus. The book is called Deeper, Real Change for Real Sinners. We have the book and the audio version of the book for your gift as well. Now, let's get the program going with City of Light.
1: What gift of grace is Jesus my
0: group from Australia. They're called City of Light, an opening haven today that's yet not I, but through Christ in me. Here on this Haven Today, I'm Charles Morris. You know, this week we're talking about growing in grace, becoming more Christ-like, going deeper in our Christian life. And today, we're going to think about something that we see all over the place when we read through the Bible. Like I've been saying, I'm currently reading through the entire Bible in 90 days, and I hope you'll do it with me. It's such a good way to not only get the big picture of the Bible, but also see patterns in God's Word, things you might not notice otherwise if you're reading through Scripture more slowly. I'm only three weeks in right now, so I'm still in the Old Testament. But once I get to the New Testament, I know I'll see something again and again, the Word's in Christ. If you read through the New Testament, especially Paul's letters, you'll see that phrase pop up over and over again. And that's what we're talking about today, our union with Christ. The New Testament refers to union with Christ more than 200 times. Clearly, it's an important concept in the Bible. And it's also important to understand when we think about how Christ changes people. So back again with me is my friend from a Chicago suburb, Dr. Dane Ortland. Dane, you've been a pastor now for like two years. Have you seen Jesus uh, and the grace of Jesus really get inside somebody? You've seen them become alive uh, with the gospel. Oh, wow.
2: Yes, we are. God is, Aslan is on the move. (laughs) <laughs> at our local church, and God is doing a new work, and uh, s- actually several people are coming to mind at the moment. Uh, Charles, one brother I'm thinking of um, has written for the last, I don't know, three months or so, every Monday morning, whether I preach or my fellow pastor here at the church, whoever preached, he will send us a money- Monday morning lengthy email hmm. of encouragement to us, and saying how it is helping uh, uh, heal his own inner dysfunctions. And in his first couple of letters, what he was saying is, I thought I thought that I knew the gospel, and I've been a believer for many years, but he acknowledged that he has been flying off the handle in anger in his home uh, mm. with his wife and kids. That's honest. Mm. I mm-hmm. can relate to that. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and he said, "This is uh, th- th- this good news that we are basking in, um, in a sort of a clearer way than we have in years past at the church, is is um, is is radiating is, is illuminating the the true inner state of my soul and showing me my desperate need and what how how Christ meets that need." So there's a guy. Who actually, he's, he's coming alive. He feels worse. I mean, he feels more convicted than ever. He feels like, oh, I'm realizing for the first time what a train wreck I am actually mm-hmm. on the inside. And I look at him and I have just seen glory that he is under, he's having that self awareness. And then he's having the courage to speak it to other men mm-hmm. in his church, mm-hmm. which is just has the Holy Spirit written all over it. The devil doesn't want him getting honest about who he is. And so he feels like he's just vulnerable and kind of naked in terms of his own spiritual state to other, others, but he is getting real traction for the first time in his life. It's glorious.
0: Pastor Dane Ortland. we all needed to hear that story, I think. Thanks again, Dane, for joining us here on the program. You're listening to Haven Today, and I'm Charles Morris. We're calling the program The Deep, Deep Love of Jesus. And I hope you've seen things like that in the lives of Christians around you. I know I have many times over, but how does it happen? What really causes it? You know, to answer that question, we need to ask another question. Does Jesus remain at a distance? Is he far away from us? I think that's the fear, isn't it? Yes, I trust in Christ. Sure, I'm right with God because of what Jesus has done for me. I get to be in the new heavens and earth one day, but surely Christ keeps his distance from me now, right? Well, after all, how can a perfectly pure, holy Savior have anything to do with a sinner like you and me? At least that's how we operate, Imagine with me that you and I are ministering at a leper colony somewhere in Africa. It's horrifying work in some ways, seeing people who are quite literally rotting away. How close do you get? How close is too close? Those are some of the questions that would float through my mind, at least. So you can assume they're the same questions Jesus asks when he thinks about us. But you know what? Nothing could be further from the truth. The Bible tells us again and again that we are in Christ. Those who believe in him are united in him. We're joined to him. We're one with him. Maybe the best illustration is marriage. In fact, that's the one that the Bible uses. When a man and a woman get married, they cleave to each other. They become one flesh. That's in Genesis 2. And here it is in Ephesians. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. This is what it means to be a Christian. It means you're a part of the church that Christ made his bride. And you're one of those whom Christ is cleansing. He isn't doing it by staying distant, far away from you. Jesus changes his people by coming close to them, by being united to them. You know, in a very real way, being united to Christ is what it means to be a Christian. This union means safety. We are united to the one who made and upholds the entire universe. And he's the one who died for us. It means assurance because Christ will not unite us to himself only to abandon us later. It means identity because no matter our gender, age, ethnicity, or anything else, we are in Christ. Union means destiny because we know we will be with our Savior for eternity. And it means life. It's through this union that Christ strengthens us and makes us more like him. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says in Romans 6. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism in the death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like this, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. We have died to sin and we are alive to righteousness God is working in us because we're united to Christ. That's the only hope we have for real spiritual change. God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in us, the hope of glory. That's found in Colossians 1. Christians have everything they need to grow in Christ-likeness. We don't have to go find something other than christ or something in addition to Jesus. We just need to go deeper into him. He's the fountain, and we are constantly thirsting. But there's water aplenty for all of us to drink. We'll talk about these things more in coming days. But for now, I want you to realize something. Your union with Christ is stronger than your sin and stronger than your shame. So take heart. Take strength. Your Savior is united to you. He isn't far away from you, and he has given you everything you need to grow in your Christian walk. Listen to some of the final words in all the Bible. The Spirit and the bride say, "Come, and let the one who hears say, "Come, and let the one who is thirsty come, and let the one who wishes take the free gift to the water of life. Bring your thirst. Christ will quench it. All who are thirsty,
3: all who are weak, come to the fountain, dip your heart in the streams of life. Let the pain and the sorrow be washed away. of his mind. mercy
0: It's been a while since we had him on the program. He lives in Southern California. He's from South Africa, and he was a Rhodes Scholar and went to school at Oxford. But that was Brenton Brown singing for us, all who are thirsty. I'm Charles Morris here on Haven Today, and earlier in the program, you heard me mention the Bible in 90 days and how it'll help you see how all of the Bible is all about Jesus. I want to encourage you to read the Bible this year. Do it with me and see it and find it in a fresh way. And as you do this with prayer, I know the Holy Spirit will take you deeper in your walk with Jesus. So take the challenge with me and read God's word over the next three months. I know the payoff will have eternal value. And when you follow the Bible in 90 days reading plan, you'll see the big picture. The Great Story of Redemption, all about Jesus. We have a special Bible with the 90-day reading plan in it that shows you where every day you start reading and where you stop reading. It has slightly larger print. It's in a slimmer book, so it's easy to carry with you wherever you go. For your support of Haven Today, I want to send you this special Bible right away. Our number again is 800-654-2836 and our website is haventoday.org and to help you do this sign up for our special weekly email that includes the reading plan you can download right away so you could start today. Plus you'll get a weekly email with insights into what you'll read that week. It's free to sign up You can do that by visiting us at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. Or remember, you can call us. And if you'd like the reading plan bookmark, just ask for it when you call 800-65-HAVEN. And just before we go, I can't recommend more highly my friend Dane Ortland's new book called Deeper, Real Change for Real Sinners. It'll help you understand and grow in your walk with Jesus. We have the book as well as the audio version of the book for your gift as well. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow? When again on Friday, we'll share together this great story that's all about Jesus here on Heathen Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Of the original 12 disciples, Peter is probably the most prominent. But did you know when he met Jesus, his name wasn't Peter, it was Simon. Jesus is the one who started calling him Peter, which means rock. And soon others were calling him first Simon Peter, and then finally just Peter. It was as though the old man Simon needed to be left behind so the new man formed in Christ could come alive. But here's something interesting. What Peter called Jesus changed over time as well. At first he called him Master, then Lord. And then finally he said to Jesus, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. What about you? In your heart of hearts, what do you call Jesus? Get started with Anchor Devotional today. Visit GetAnchor.com dot com.